Welcome to Superheroes of Science. I'm Stephen. And I'm Sarah. We co-host Science from the Experts. Our guests are professionals doing cutting-edge science right now. They're experts in their field discussing what they know best. So listen up and learn real science from real people. Subscribe now and stay informed of our latest episodes and show your support. Joining us today for Superheroes of Science, we are pleased to welcome Farhan Sheikh. Farhan is the VP for Data and Digital Solutions at Jacobs. So welcome. Thanks for joining thanks. us. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Stephen. I, I guess, first of all, explain your job, kind of what mm -hmm. you do, because this is this is not like a, a plumber. I know what a plumber does. You know? <laughs> so we'll talk, what I'll talk about is kind of, you know, you've talked about my role. You know, I'm in a kind of a sales and growth role for Jacobs to help grow this new line of business that we call Divergent Solutions, right? And Divergent Solutions is all about bringing Jacobs into selling products. And really, it's our intellectual property from the last, you know, 50 plus years that we've been in the business, whether we're doing transportation or water or any sort of critical infrastructure, right? And so when we talk about products, you know, that's where kind of the, the, the data piece comes into play that you talked about. And it's really about data science, right? So let me kind of talk about data science and what data science really means, right? It's trying to get insights or meaningful insights using large amounts of data, right? And you're talking about big data, data that's been captured over the last 15, 20 years at 15 minute intervals. So you can imagine how much data that is, right? And trying to use that data set to make insights and help our clients predict conditions so that they can run their assets better and optimize the use of their assets so that they save money and give better value to the customers, right? And that's what we're in the business to do. We have the background and the engineering expertise, and now what we're doing is bringing the data science piece for all of this data that's collected to help do predictive analytics, artificial intelligence, data science. So that's what kind of data, I mean, uh, Jacobs, it's engineering place. I mean, they design stuff all over the world. What kind of data are you collecting that's a part of these? Um, so let's, uh, let's start with the 1RP products, right? So we'll give you an example in the transportation space, right? With a product that we have called Streetlight Data, right? So it's a product that has streetlight data. Now you say, what is streetlight data, right? Yeah. The streetlight data is in the business of collecting data for transportation clients. Now you say, what kind of data? So we're talking about all the data pings that go out of connected vehicles, right? So whether if you have OnStar, there's some data that's been collected somewhere. If you have a cell phone, and if you say, allow them to use your location systems or your navigation systems, there's data being collected on that aspect where it says, hey, Stephen got in a car mm -hmm. at his home and he went to work today. Or today, Stephen went to the hospital, right? I mean, it's not identifying you as Stephen, but it's identifying a trip that is a, a person made from X to Y, right? So can you, you can imagine how many cell phones we have. You can uh -huh. imagine how many connected vehicles we have in, the, in North America, I'd say. And then also the DOTs, which are the State Department of Transportation, usually have sensors on the ground or somewhere on the highway networks that is also collecting data. 
So now we're taking all of that data, processing it with our algorithms and using that to do predictive analytics on when it would be good time to do construction on a street. Oh, wow. Make sense? Yes. Yeah. 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 So we can we can basically tell on a given Saturday on this road or highway what are the speeds. We can predict that, and we can we can easily tell our clients that don't close a lane on Friday afternoon, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. science behind it, right? And yeah. so that's what we're using. There's also other uses of this data, like pedestrian walking zones, bicycling zones, things like that. And a lot of this data is used to plan for where we need better pedestrian infrastructure, better bike infrastructure. So you can imagine all sorts of different scenarios that this data can be used for. And that is what our platform provides is, is the engine to do those type of analytics. Okay. That is an immense amount of data. I mean, I can't, that's hard to even begin to imagine. And especially for the time frame that you said, where do you begin, I guess, I don't even know if we talk about storage of that or where do you even begin like digging into to start getting meaningful data from. Yeah, that's more that. than a terabyte. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is where, you know, we if you've watched the news, you know, you've talked, you've heard about chat GPD and all of these AI platforms that are coming in. Right. And in our industry, it's really been for the last 10 or 15 years, I would say the last 20 years since the early 2000s where our clients have implemented systems, right? They went from a lot of paper stuff to all electronic. And so these systems have been in place, whether you talk about a water treatment plant or a transportation authority, they've been collecting data for the last 20 years, right? And now you have robust technology in place where you can run these analytics in real time at faster speeds, right? Because computers, you know, you, you all the data is really sitting on the cloud, but it's all these engines that have come out like Google, and there's a lot of different uh, competitors out there. There's one called Palantir. You may want to look at that. Uh, and they they grew up in the military space, and so they've been doing analytics for DoD forever. They've come in the commercial side, and these companies have platforms in place that are so robust that they can run on mounds of data and run analytics on real time. So the data is in the cloud. Uh, the platforms are getting more and more robust by the day. And so the amount of data doesn't matter, right? Because there's, and I, I don't want to go into too much detail on this, but there's data science models, there are machine learning models, a lot of those things that help just artificial intelligence get better. Okay. Now is the, so... What Jacobs is selling and marketing, is it just the data sets or is it actually like the AI who that's telling you where to build those sidewalks and stuff like that? Both, right? Okay. Our streetlight platform is the basic platform will just give you access to the data, right? And some analytics. But then the real kind of secret sauce is when you use that platform and then bring experts like people, like the engineers at Jacobs that have the subject matter expertise going back the last 20 years that can run real analytics on top of those data sets to give our clients the solutions they need. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why we've kind of, we're trying to position ourselves as the best of both worlds where 
We are kind of keeping pace with the industry in all of these analytics. But then, you know, we've always got this background in infrastructure so we can make sense of those and we can actually develop the algorithms that run those analytics. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. So uh, data science uh, as a field, is it? Well, I mean, obviously everything's changing. But what ways is the field of data science changing right now? So the one thing I'll tell you that's changing right now is there are actually jobs available for data scientists <laughs> which did not exist, I would say, or maybe it was called something else uh-huh. years ago. But we are currently ad- advertising the need for a data scientist. You could go to Amazon, you could go to Accenture, they have recs open for the need of data scientists because, again, you need somebody that can come in, have both the, the data querying expertise and some subject matter expertise to get creative insights outside of the data, right? Because any machine learning or AI model starts with a data science model. And what the data science model really does is gives you every scenario that can occur and then the AI kind of learns based on that, right? Because AI is always, you know, think of AI as a little child, right? And when you first develop a data science model, it's kind of in kindergarten, right? Mm-hmm. And through the data science model, we've got to graduate it to high school and into college. And it gets, it learns and learns and gets better with that, right? But it's mm-hmm. the data science models that help it get there. Um, I like that. <laughs> I like that. It's so. Uh, if someone, all right, let's say, I, I let's say I I was a little bit younger than I am now, and uh, I was looking for a career, and I wanted to go in, and I, it, let's say I was even targeting Jake. So like, I know they hire data scientists. I want to be that person. I want to work for a big international engineering place and be able to be a part of these big projects. What kind of background do I need to study to obtain? that I would be marketable to a company as large as yours? Yeah, there's several kind of uh, areas that you can specialize in to get into data science. You know, mathematics is a base, right? Statistics is also a base that you need for data science. Computer engineering could be a base for data science. And then there could be some specialization around biomechanical engineering, process engineering, data visualization, but a base strong background in mathematics, statistics, pre-cal, that kind of helps you push forward into these more specialized fields is what I think we should start with. Okay. And that makes sense. Yeah. It almost seems as if no matter what field, you need that strong math just to be able anymore just with with all that focus on data, just to be able to make sense of any of those fields that you're going to go into. But. Yeah. And then, you know, as you get, you know, as you go into the higher grades, you know, then physics, chemistry, things like that come into play, but that's more in specialization, right? Physics is if you're going into some sort of, uh, let's let's just say uh, aeronautical engineering and you want to see like, you know, the, the velocity of a plane and things like that, and all the different factors like wind and weather that affect that, right? And so you would need some background in physics to help with that. Chemistry is one which is very important to us because we, on the water side, we deal with water and helping 
uh, discharge water into the streams. So just kind of let me give you a background on that because this is an interesting case study as well, right? And so we we when we do water, we help with both drinking water and wastewater, right? Drinking water is water that you know when you turn on a tap, it comes on, you drink it, right, through a filter of some kind, right? Wastewater is once you flush or take a shower, it goes doesn't go directly to a water body. It actually goes to a treatment plant, right? And then it gets treated with chemicals at that treatment plant to some level set by the EPA, and then it's discharged to the water body, so it's good for the ecosystem, right? So that's how that process works, right? And so usually what our clients will do is when the, when the wastewater comes into their system, they're dosing it with chemicals, right, to help it, to get, they help it, you know, they... Uh, and they keep it in retention ponds. They put chemicals in so it gets to as as much of its natural state as possible, right? These days, with the costs, basically supply chain issues and inflation, the cost of the chemicals that our clients use is gone up 30 to 40 percent, right? Yeah. So, you know, one chemical we use is called sodium hypochlorite, Right. So if our client had a budget set for annual use of sodium hypochlorite for, let's say, a million dollars a year, and they're now having to spend 1.5 to 2 million, that is a big cost that they can't really pass it on anywhere, right? And so one thing we're doing is a system called intelligent ONM, right? Is basically taking data from conditions at that given plant. So the conditions could be weather, wind, uh, water quality that's coming in, and given the operators of those plants a real-time ping every two hours to tell them how much to dose. Oh. Yeah, so this is, again, a data science model that's learning as it goes, right? So it's kind of the beginning of AI. Uh, but what it's doing is, is telling you, Stephen, instead of just setting the dose at four milligrams per liter, may change it based on the conditions that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. So now maybe putting one milligram per liter, two milligrams per liter. Sometimes you may have to put eight milligrams per liter. But by varying that, we're seeing that we could save them anyway from 25 to 30 percent in the amount of chemical they use. And so even though there's this inflation and increased budget, by using data science, we're kind of reducing the amount of chemical they use, and it's kind of valuable to them because it's real money that we're saving them. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, when you're talking in the millions, 25, 30%, that's yeah. a big number. <laughs> the bigger the plant, the bigger the budget, right? Mm -hmm. so. And it's, I guess what amazes me, data science is like a new field. Mm -hmm. And but from what I'm hearing from you, it's like not only if you're interested in data science, not only are you you do have to look at and understand the data, but are, you're already like, no, you also need to specialize. And so you're going to have to get that content information. Mm -hmm. You have to learn that science, the engineering, the science side mixed together along with the data. And so it's uh, I don't know that kind of. Blows my mind a little bit. I thought, oh, I just, you know, they're data analysts. They they collect data and look at things. Now but I would I never... say, right? I would say one thing. I would caveat that with is if you were a really good data scientist and partnered with a subject matter expert that kind of 
helped you along with developing the algorithms, uh-huh. then that that is that is a good place to be as well. Okay. Right? But if you're the best of both worlds, then you're really high in demand, right? Especially, <laughs> I mean, think about this, right? Uh, let's let's look at some uses of intelligent artificial intelligence in our daily lives, right? Google, you go in and type in superheroes of science, and I'm going to get some examples out of that, right? Yep. Yeah. And some of those examples are customized to me. If if you enter the same thing, you may get something very different than what I'm getting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that is artificial intelligence at some level. Right? Uh, another example is Netflix. Right. When I turn on Netflix versus when you turn on Netflix, what they suggest for you is totally different. Right. Yes. Uh, I may be watching cartoons and you're watching superheroes. Right. It's just based on what what we like. Right. And so right. that's that's a portion of artificial intelligence. And the last thing is video games. Right. As video games continue to get more and more advanced. You know, when you're on a mission in a video game, the computer is acting very differently based on the moves you're doing, right? And so who's teaching that algorithm is very different as well. So, I mean, we're kind of scratching the surface of this, and that's why you're beginning to see a lot of, kind of, you know, there's some concern about artificial intelligence taking over like Skynet, right? I mean, yeah. If you... Uh, but uh, that's there's some concerns, but there's also a lot of value in this. Uh, I want to kind of talk about one thing because since I mentioned Skynet, right, which is interesting, which is a system that's self-aware that would make the change on the fly for you, right? One thing we are doing is we're air gapping our system. So this is a good concept uh, to understand is so that when we ping something, we're not making a direct change. Mm-hmm. We're still letting the operator make the change. So that way, if there's something going on the plant side that we're not seeing, the operator would supersede that, right? And that process is called air gapping. So there's still some human judgment being used before, you know, we let the systems loose by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad That's someone good, is. I know. <laughs> I've seen all those movies. Right. <laughs> but that's, I mean, yeah, that's a concern. It's what everybody talks about. And it's, it, it, I mean, it amazes me how well they they learn our behaviors. Yeah. And I, I know that I will be, I could sit on the couch with my laptop and I think of my, what my next project, home project's going to be. And I'm like, huh, I think I want to, and I'll be searching up the, uh, certain things. And then it by the end of the movie, my wife's like, so you're looking at plumbing stuff, aren't you? Because she's getting advertisements about it on her computer, on yeah. social media. And she's like, yeah, I've never seen these. I know what you're looking at right now. So because it's coming from the same yeah. uh, router, same mm-hmm. IP, I don't know. But uh, yeah, she it's they target those ads and uh, they Basically, our entire lives is uh, they're tracking it and it's it, they're getting good, too. It's on your phone. You know, you know, all these suggestions that Facebook makes to you when you're on. Yeah. There. Maybe you should make this person a friend. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot in the background of those engines. And it's all based on on these concepts of machine learning, AI and data science. Right. So. 
And it's, it's, I know some of it's scary, social manipulation and stuff like that going on, the politics behind it. But what I love is what you guys are doing is looking at making the world around me a safer place and by design. Because I I know there's more than once it's like it's from, I live 30 miles away from campus and we have had literally every major thoroughway under construction and shut down. There's four major ones to from my town to here. And every one of them been constructed at the same time. And I'm like, I wish someone would have checked with an <laughs> AI program before they did this, like master calendar or something. Yeah. And uh, we're all on country roads trying to figure out how to get around to just to get through. But uh, it's not only my convenience you guys are looking at. When is the best time to do these that I'm not working on the impact the most amount of people? You're looking at our safety, like the pedestrians, where pedestrians, you're, you're it's, I mean, I know that I have friends on both ends of the spectrum. Some are like, oh, the government knows everything about you. That's terrible. Then I have others. It's like, yeah, I want them to know. It makes my life so much easier. <laughs> so and there's a couple of modules that we have, you know, that we are even kind of building. There's a module in Streetlight Data called Hive that's just built around safety, right? It's looking at statistics and on on the highways, on different kind of in, intersections, and then kind of using that to develop projects to make things better, right? So there, there's planning modules like that out there. There's even EV charging modules, right? Because EV is a big thing as well, right? Yeah. Is, you know, how do we get the right infrastructure in place so that you can drive from here to California or from Atlanta, where I live, to California in an EV and not get stranded somewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, that's push right now. And all these different states are mandated to, to develop these NEVI plans, which is an EV infrastructure plan that we call it, National EV Infrastructure Plan. And so it's really about, can we develop the right infrastructure to get people moving around the U.S. like we we do now, using gas, using EV vehicles, right? Which is a big investment. And then you got to start thinking about, well, you know, it's it's what does the gas station of the future look like, right? Is yeah. it because the EV charging is not like a gas station where you go in, you fill up, and you're on the road, right? You're at least going to be there 25 minutes or so until your car charges. And so what kind of infrastructure and activities do you build around it to help people pass time while they are? That's coffee shops and grocery stores. Gas stations, I I think gas gas stations are going to go away eventually. And it's just charging stations, uh, coffee shops and grocery stores. Yeah. And it's, you know, the chargers will get better. You know, I'm sure time will come where you go park your car in five minutes, you're fully charged, right? We're not yet, but... Hey, anything is possible. As we've seen over the last 20 years, I can only imagine what things are going to look like in the next 20. Right? Yeah. yeah. It kind of blows me away. Yeah. I never thought the stuff that's happening now that I'd ever see. Yeah. Ever. I mean, I never thought they'd make an electric lawnmower powerful enough to mow my yard. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> and it does. Yeah, it does. It's, so, it's yeah, it's, uh, I love the, the advancement of technology. Yeah. And uh, definitely uh, the data science is an amazing yeah. thing. It's yeah. the, the field is, it's hard to get, wrap your head around. There's it a lot just, there. 
so many different applications. I mean, it just blows your mind, right? Because everything is based on that, right? Yeah. Any computer application that runs any infrastructure is based on a model somewhere. Okay. So, so. Wow. Love you, bro. I know. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for doing this. Thank yeah. you for talking to us about this. This is a, it's an exciting field that people yes. haven't heard of necessarily until recently. Really, in the last decade, it seems like it's really grown a lot more into an actual field mm -hmm. rather than some jobs here and there doing it. And at Jacobs, you know, really what we are, you know, our strategy, we've developed a new strategy. We do a refresh every three to five years, right? Our new strategy is based on three main accelerators, right? One is resiliency, you know, just because of climate change and some issues, you have to have resilient infrastructure, right? Uh, and the second one is on data and digital, which is kind of what I'm focusing on, because we see this being the next, the future, right? And yeah. the third one is around consultancy, just management consultant, if you will. But when you look at data and digital, you know, really in, in order for us to continue to be leaders, right, what we need is both diversification and innovation, right? Diversification is where we want to go into, you know, increase our market share or go into a blue ocean and capture a new market. But innovation is all about doing things faster, cheaper, and better, right? And as long as we continue to do both of those things, the future is bright at Jacobs. Thank you for listening to this episode of Science from the Experts from Purdue University Superheroes of Science. If you like this episode, subscribe, give us a positive view, and share the love. Boiler up! Hammer down! <laughs>